Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you here at the NovaCare Complex on a Tuesday afternoon getting ready for the Carolina Panthers. A road game for the Eagles on Sunday after this past week's very tough loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. 42-30, a lot of encouraging signs in that game, but ultimately... No moral victories in the NFL, so the Eagles now 1-3, losers of three consecutive games. No update on right tackle Lane Johnson, who missed Sunday's game due to personal reasons. Nick Sirianni will address the media on Wednesday, and I'm sure we'll get an update then. Carolina is the next opponent. We're going to find out about them in just a moment. Darren Gant from Panthers.com. Talking about a Panthers team that... Well, 3-0 coming into the Sunday this past week, and then the Cowboys used a really strong third quarter after Carolina took a 14-13 lead into halftime. Cowboys scored the next 20 points. Carolina came back, not all the way, and they're now 3-1. Christian McCaffrey, will he play? We'll find out the latest from Darren in just one moment. First, though, on this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, Head coach Nick Sirianni, our weekly one-on-one, talking a little bit about what happened against the Chiefs and about the big picture for this 1-3 Philadelphia Eagles team. We welcome you to our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni and Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Hi, coach. Um, How are you? Um, Look, uh, Sunday, I'm going to take a positive approach here. Uh, You had a lot of things that went well, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. You came out in a rhythm, Jalen playing well, good balance, explosiveness. Are there things that you use from that game offensively that you think you can apply moving forward as you kind of keep finding your way and figuring out what this football team can do? Of course, yeah. You you always you always you're figuring out as you go who you are, and you know because you get that in practice, you get that in in uh, you know in the preseason, but you still there's still things to learn when you're starting to play different styles of defenses. So you know you want to repeat those things of of what are working as much as you possibly can. If it fits against the defense that that's uh, that's being called against you, so you know you always think players first, and then you're starting to feel like okay, players, and then how many how many times have we run this? Let's get more reps at this um, because we're pretty good at this. So that's that's kind of our thought process, and, and as we find out more and more about who we are and, and how we operate on offense. So with that four games in, you figure out the personalities. Do you think there's a personality? to this offense based on the personnel that you know to this point? Yeah, I think it always starts up front, and that's our, our personality. It starts up front. We had a lot of guy. We've had a lot of guys, uh, you know, whether you look at it fortunately or unfortunately, uh, you know, that you had a lot of guys that have played, and we and we trust a lot of guys up front. And so, you know, the personality of your team, it, it always starts on the offense and defensive lines. Um, it's no different here. So um, we lean on the personality of those offensive linemen, and I think that with the guys that we have led by, led by Jason Kelsey, um, that's a good uh, good place to lean. More on that offensive line in just a moment. Coach, you're also using the rookie class a lot. Devontae's playing a lot. Landon's playing a bunch. Kenny, Milton, you're getting a bunch of contributions, a lot of reps from these kids. How do you feel about that? How have they held up early in the season? Yeah, you know, obviously a tribute to our our scouting department, Howie and his his team that, you know, that we we scouted the right guys and were able to use these guys and, 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 
and that's what you, and that's what you want. You want you want to be able to bring guys in and, and play them. That's why you that's why you drafted them in the first place. So really excited about the the opportunities they're getting and the, the and how they're taking advantage of those opportunities. So we continue to look to to use them and uh, and you know the to use them and, and use their talents to to uh, be successful on offense and defense. With Devontae from day one to now, can you kind of speak specifically to where he's improved the most? He had this first 100-yard-plus game on Sunday. Good progress there. What's he done so well over the weeks here? I think he's releasing off the football better and better each week um, versus the different coverages that he's getting. And then also just him at the top of the route. He's you know he had, <clears throat> He's been really good with his hands um, at the top of the route, getting the DB's hands off of him, and then just being quick in and out of the break. So I've seen just improvement, just those couple things, you know, because it, that's where it's different. Offense, that's where the college game is different than the pro game. You know, you really do have to be efficient at the line of scrimmage, and you got to be efficient at the top of the route. Um, we knew he had that talent in him, and he's just he's just continued to improve that talent each week. Does the NFL want to muscle Devontae Smith more than they could in college? Is that kind of the, just breaking it down to the Well, basics? you know, in college, they actually, you know, I mean, you always want to release clean off the line of scrimmage. This is something that we preach and we coach. In college, they're allowed to put their hands on them longer down the field. So, um, you know, but so you got that time where they're allowed to put their, your hands on you. You know, you got to win at that part with your quickness and your speed, and that's what we're seeing Devontae do. With Landon, I mean, he's <clears throat> four weeks in. Um, he's already played two positions. Uh, he's didn't have training camp to to get those reps in. What have you seen from Landon, who on Sunday went from right side to left side? Uh, just improvement. You know, he, he's just gotten better um, at the at the little things each week. Um, you know, when you get when you get put in there in a in a situation, an unexpected situation, you know, you got to come out and you got to be be ready to go mentally. And and so. What I've seen is just him taking those strides mentally and physically of of being able to react to the things that a defense or the defensive lines are doing. Um, so I've just seen improvement each week each week from from Landon. Played Speak, a, he played a good game this, this weekend. I, I wanted to circle back to the offensive line. You find out only a couple of hours before the game against the Chiefs that you're gonna have to shuffle the offensive line. And they went out and played a good football game. How in the world did that happen? How do you explain that? Uh, I think just a tribute to the guys first. You know that the, um, they went out. You know, it, there's a lot of people that that should have credit for this. And the first the first people that should have credit are the guys that went out and did the job and played their and played their tails off. Um, Howie and his department are getting building good depth there. Um, you know, we know it's won and lost in the offensive line, um, and, and you and you and you ride and die with those groups. So, you know, Howie's done a good job of building depth there in those positions, and then just Stout and, and Roy um, of just coaching them up and, and getting them ready. Obviously, technique-wise, but making sure that those guys are ready to play multiple positions—that's not an easy thing to do. Um, and you know, they're all—they were a, a lot of them were cross-trained, a lot of them were ready to play multiple positions. And we needed them to go and do it, and 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 they did. So, um, you know, Jack Driscoll, you know, went from left guard to right, or pardon me, right guard to right tackle. That was pretty impressive. And so he did a good job, and you know, all those guys. Nate did a good job. You know, they they stepped in, they stepped in nicely. Yeah, after Jack Driscoll having not practiced really for other than a few days there, um, really did a good job. I, I want to talk about the red zone because it's getting a lot of attention. You went three of six against the Chiefs. Prior to that, you had been five of six in the red zone. Overall, you ranked 10th in the NFL in red zone offensive efficiency. And I wonder, do you think the criticism 
is fair of the red zone performance, or are you critical even more so than people on the outside? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty critical of myself. I like to drag myself through the mud after after things happen. Um, you know, we needed to score touchdowns against a Chiefs team that we knew could score. And so three of six is unac unacceptable down there. So, um, you know, there's there's what what contributes to that. It, you know, first of all, it starts with me and the plays that I call. Um, I got to put the guys in better positions to succeed. Um, then you and then all then you have execution. There's there's some execution parts of it where you have a play here or you have a play there that you that you like and and there wasn't an execution of it of some at some level of some at some spot. And then, you know, and then we got to play by the rules, right? I mean, you had a couple of touchdowns wiped off the board, and, you know, those, the referees have a hard job, just like we have a hard job as coaches, and the players have a hard job. So um, never pointing a finger there. We just got to play by the rules and know what the rules are and, and, and be better at that. So, um, yeah, you know, we're th three of six against it was not going to cut it against the Chiefs. And so the criticism is fair. Um, and I accept the I accept the responsibility of that criticism. And we're, we're going to work out, work like crazy to get better at it. So getting to know you, if you are not perfect, will you be dragging yourself through the mud until you attain perfection in things? Always, okay. always. All right. Uh, fair. Uh, quarterback Jalen Hurts, you said he played the best game that you have seen him play. Is there a play that you can kind of take us through that really stood out? And what was it about that play that, that really stood out to Jalen and kind of take us through the play of what impressed you so much? Well, I just I don't even I don't even really feel like I can single. I mean, there was plenty of plays that he made that I'm like, whoa, that was a good play. That was a great play. That was a great play. But it was just a con I'm always looking for consistency, the consistency of it. Can throw, he dropped back the pass 48 times, and he was consistently going to the right place with the football. And he was consistently – because I think anybody can come out and make a, a, a splash play. and and But can you do that over – and that's what this league's about. Can you do it week in, week out? Can you do it over and over again within the game? And that's what was impressive. You know, not to slight your question, Dave, I, I just – that what was impressive to me – was what Jalen did consistently throughout the game. He made good decisions with the football. He made good, accurate throws over and over and over again. He um, he made some plays with his feet when he needed to make a play with his feet. You know, there's one play I just think about in the red zone that he had a little uh, dip down to to Miles that you know went for five yards. But that's good football to me that he took what the defense gave him, made an accurate throw, and we played the next play. So you know, it's just I just like the consistency of what he did and and how he did it. With regards to the defense, Nick, uh, the last couple of weeks, things have not gone your way. So what approach does the coaching staff take to get things back on track to where you want them? Yeah, our, our first job is to put players in position to succeed and put them in position to to be the best that they can be. So, you know, we got to go back to the drawing board on that and, and get the guys in position to make plays. Um, obviously, we know we got to execute um, as players, um, but it starts there with the coaching of us getting them in position to make the plays that they, they can make. The other thing is, you know, we played two good offenses. Now, that's never an excuse because you got to be able to stop good offenses, but those are two good quarterbacks we've played, two good offenses that we've played. Um, so, you know, a combination of a couple things. But, you know, let's not forget the first two games that the defense had, right, against uh, San Francisco and against uh, Atlanta where, you know, they they looked they looked unstoppable. And so, you know, we're looking to get back to the where we where we were those first two weeks um, and and put these last two weeks behind us, but learn from these last two weeks and get better from them.
This Sunday, it's at Carolina. Now, this is a defense that had allowed 45 yards rushing per game through three games, and then Dallas churns out 245. They had led the league in quarterback sacks. They didn't get a sack. So, Nick, which is the real Carolina defense, the one from the first three weeks with three wins or the one on Sunday that lost to Dallas? You know, we're, we're, we got to go out there and expect their best. Um, you know, and, and we know they're a talented defense. We know they're a well-coached defense. We know they're a well-coached team. And so we're going out there and we're expecting their best and, um, and, and ready for their best, ready for their schemes, ready for their players. Um, and we need to go out there and put, we need to put them in good positions as coaches and, 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 uh, and, and succeed on offense um, against this, this style of defense that we're playing here on Sunday. Nick Sirianni, our weekly one-on-one. -on -one. Thanks very much. Good luck against the Panthers. Thanks, Dave. All right, thanks very much, Coach. Beat the Panthers. Now let's turn our attention to that football team waiting for us in Charlotte, North Carolina. They traded for Sam Darnold from the New York Jets. He's the quarterback. Matt Rule, former Temple head coach, is doing a good job down there. The Panthers are a team on the rise. They've got some young talent. They've got a killer defense, at least a defense that was number one in the NFL against the run, averaging less than 45 yards a game, as I talked to Nick about. Uh, and then the Cowboys go for 245. Panthers also led the NFL in sacks and did not re record one against Dak Prescott. So they're good. This is not going to be an easy game for the Eagles at all. Let's find out more about the Panthers. Our first look, Darren Gant, Panthers.com. All right, we are now going to talk about the Carolina Panthers uh, from Panthers.com. It's the old guy, Darren Gant. Darren, the old guy, what, what's that all about? You're, you're aging yourself to the public. Nobody does that. Everything's relative. If you if you met all these brilliant uh, kids I work with here in Charlotte, uh, you would agree with this sentiment. It's uh, it's a good way to keep yourself young, though, to surround yourself with talented and eager young individuals, even if they're half your age. This is a true story, Dave. The other week we were talking on the way to a game about some piece of internet content that went viral, and one of my coworkers said, "Yeah, it got picked up by that guy Rex Chapman. You know, the guy on Twitter." And I said, oh, yeah. you, you guys know Rex Chapman was somebody before the guy on Twitter, right? He was a first-round pick in this city. And it just <laughs> so happens that was before a lot of them were born. So, yes, I, I will be the old guy in that circumstance. Well, but it's great. I hey, love being around him. I love – you know, it's interesting. Matt Rule was the young guy when he was the Temple football head coach, and now he's in Carolina getting it done with a lot of kids on rookie contracts. I mean – Let's talk about just overall here, Darren. Did you think the Panthers had a chance to be 3-1 and one at, at the four-game mark in this 2021 regular season? Back in August, when I asked you that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's um, I think it's absolutely fair, and it was a question that came up a lot during training camp, and I think because of the way the schedule broke down with some of the matchups they called early on, you know, I remember telling somebody in training camp, I said, this team could go 3-0, and and we wouldn't necessarily have a good idea of whether or what it meant because the schedule did contain some things. They caught some people at the right time. You know, a couple of rookie quarterbacks making their first ever start in a, in a Saints team that was down half the coaching staff because of COVID. And, you know, nobody knew exactly what Jameis was. You know, last week with Dallas, you know, I, I think the it was a little bit of a flat tire. But on the whole, I, I think the arrow is pointing up. As you mentioned, this is a very young team. It's a lot of kids on rookie contracts. 
some of those guys uh, you remember well from the Temple days are, are playing some key roles around here. Uh, but I think they are they're definitely moving in the right direction. There's still a lot of unknown about this team. I, I think after a month, the early returns are pretty good on the Sam Darnold experiment. I, I think they have a good and salty defense, regardless what you saw. Uh, from the Dallas game the other day. I mean, prior to that one, they led the league in rushing defense and sacks. So they were getting it done both ways. And I think there are a lot of good young parts that are because of, you know, at the, at the heart of both of those things. I mean, if you look at Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, JC Horn, who's unfortunately injured, they go out and trade for another top 10 pick in CJ Henderson. All those guys are, you know, 23 and under. So uh, they kind of like the foundation they're building this sale. Uh, so tell me how Sam Darnold has been rejuvenated. Not only is he throwing the ball well, nearly 1,200 yards, he's got five rushing touchdowns, um, seems to be in command of the offense, not turning the football over. This is not the Sam Darnold who the Jets dragged through the mud. What happened? No. No, it's not. And part of it is, you know, the first thing they wanted to do was bring Sam down here and give him a big old hug and make sure he knew they loved him and surrounded him with skill position talent. I mean, Sam Darnold never got the opportunity to play. I mean, he had Robbie Anderson for a year in New York, but he never had an opportunity to have Robbie Anderson and a DJ Moore, who's emerging as one of the top receivers in the league, uh, been playing really well right now. Christian McCaffrey, they draft a kid in Terrace Marshall, who they think is a high ceiling uh, wide receiver from LSU, who's going to add some things. So, you know, Sam never had this kind of help offensively. I think, you know, their offensive line is still a little bit of a, a question mark and, you know, probably not unlike what happened in Philadelphia last week when you start mixing and matching parts, you know, it's um, it's that time of year when things can get a little weird, but they have protected Sam and they have insulated Sam and they've made sure things are built for him. The running stuff's been, you know, it's been a fun little sidebar, but Sam was always a fairly athletic guy. I mean, I, I don't think he is necessarily viewed as a running quarterback per se, but he can move and, and does things to move the pocket a little bit to, to keep himself looking downfield to make some plays. But I think they're mostly trying to keep the bar low, let Sam get some success early on here, and get him feeling comfortable again. This was, you know, this was obviously a reclamation project after the way the New York experience went for Sam. But I think so far they like the direction it's pointing, and they think that if he continues along this path, that he's somebody they can build around. What are your thoughts? I know it's early in the week. Christian McCaffrey, will he play on Sunday? Uh, too soon to know. I mean, he's going to go out and practice and try it really for the first time uh, on Wednesday. So until he does that, we won't have a good indication. But I, I think we got a decent indication of their thoughts for him on the whole uh, when they didn't put him on IR. Yeah, I think there was some sense that this was a couple, three-week kind of injury. And the fact that they didn't put him on IR, which would have shut him down for three probably suggested that it was sooner rather than later. Now, does that mean this week against the Eagles? Don't know. Does that mean next week against the Vikings? Maybe. I, I think given the way last year went, they are absolutely going to make sure that he's right before they put him out there. So um, I, I think it's reasonable with an asset of that kind of value that you're as careful with him as, as you possibly can be. But until he goes out there on the practice field Wednesday, we really won't have any idea.
All right, so how much did they miss him against the Cowboys? Hubbard, I know, is a, a rookie, I guess, from Oklahoma State. Did, did he play well? Did they use him the same way they used McCaffrey? They tried to do a lot of the same stuff, which is fine for a continuity of offense standpoint. But, I mean, let's be honest. There ain't but a couple Christian McCaffreys in the NFL right now. And Chuba Hubbard, you know, even though he's got some promise, ain't one of them, at least not yet. Um he, they tried to do a lot of the same stuff to keep the offense the same. And, and Chuba played all right. I, I think he was 70-some-odd yard, yards from scrimmage, which isn't a bad output from, for a guy who's a backup uh, when you're bringing him in short notice. But they want to, you know, they want to kind of keep the offense same for Sam. And, and Chuba's all right. He's got a little long-term speed. Uh, he's got that Canadian track background. He was a sprinter growing up and, and can make some big plays. But uh, I think for the most part, he, he played sufficiently well. The other benefit to having a Christian McCaffrey is if you saw any of that Dallas game, it kind of, they had a stretch, played well in the first half, come out in the, in the second half, get a good look and drive, try a 54 yard field goal, which is right at the edge of Zane Gonzalez's range. He misses it wide, had plenty of length, uh, but Dallas takes the field position, boom, goes right down the field. And that was like the one snowflake that started an avalanche. Um, that's when the protection issues cropped up. That's when Dallas really got to Sam, pressured him through a couple of uh, interceptions. And the neat thing about Christian McCaffrey is he helps your pass protection because if you know you've got to get it out quick, that's a pretty attractive dump-off option because he can turn you know, just a little check-down pass into an 8-9, 10-yard game. So I think it has effects beyond just the, the rushing and receiving numbers that he's able to put up. I get a sense of the offense um, and the defense, as you said, was just dominant through three weeks. And then the Cowboys who were so good offensively had a terrific day on, on Sunday. So wh- what will they do against you? What will the Eagles see from the Carolina defense? What kind of style will the Panthers play against a mobile quarterback with a good passing game and that's moved the ball, but hasn't been consistent. Yeah, I, I think that kind of, I mean, without knowing whether it sets up well or poorly for the Eagles, I, I think what they want to do ideally, you'll hear the term positionless player a lot around here. They've got a bunch of guys. Jeremy Chin was a linebacker last year, playing safety now. Brian Burns is a pass rushing defensive end who can stand up. Hassan Reddick is a 235-pound pass rusher. They can move these guys around and play them in a lot of different ways, and they've got guys like that to be able to mix it up. And that's kind of what Phil Snow wants to do with his defense. As you remember from his Temple days, I mean, they were able to turn things around there by doing a bunch of different stuff. So, I mean, I I think that's probably on the menu. You know, I'm sure Jalen Hurts is still young in his career. I mean, it's almost like what they did. I mean, there was a tangible effort to confuse Zach Wilson to work on Davis Mills when he's making his first start. And I think it's probably reasonable to suspect they're going to try to show Jalen Hurts as many options as they can. But uh, even with some injuries they've got, it's still a pretty fast defense around the edges. And they were able to get pressure from a lot of different ways. Last year, 
their pressure was kind of dependent on on Brian Burns getting the quarterbacks, and now with Hassan Reddick coming in here, he's been able to create a little from the other side and and sort of through the first three games, as you mentioned, everything looked good. A lot of that sort of flatlined in Dallas because they were running the ball so well. And you know, I think sometimes in the course of a long season, you look up and you know, best laid plans and all that, you just kind of got to say look at that Dallas offensive line, look at Ezekiel Elliott. This is going to happen every now and then. Darren, last one for you. Um, give me, is there reason to believe legit that the Panthers are really building something here with Matt rule, that this is not a three, four, five game situation that, that this team is, is putting something that's sustainable together. Yeah, I, I think it could be. I mean, we'll see how they draft. Again, it was really unfortunate losing J.C. Horn early on to an injury because that guy looked like a special young player at cornerback. You know, he, he's he got that guy look about him at corner. I mean, I, I hate comparing guys to specific players, but, you know, in the, in the same way Jalen Ramsey makes a big difference in the way the Rams can play defense, you know, J.C. kind of does that here. When he was well, he was kind of erasing – uh, a side of the field because they just didn't throw it that way in his direction. Um, so unfortunate from that standpoint that he's injured, but because they've got so many good young parts and because, you know, they've got Christian under contract, DJ Moore's a guy they've already picked up the option for next year on and are talking about a long-term deal. Robbie Anderson's extended. A lot of the pieces are in place for this team to be together for a couple, three years. And, and I do think they're building something here. It's clearly, you know, they were in transition coming out of the Ron Rivera time and, and Matt sort of had to strip it down to the studs a little bit last year. And there were an awful lot of rookies playing roles. They weren't accustomed to or ready for uh, now that some of those guys are starting to settle in a little bit. Like I said, I mean, when you collect that much young talent at every level of the defense, I mean, between Burns and, and Derek Brown and, and Shaq Thompson and J.C. Horn, there's a lot of dudes over there. Dante Jackson's really playing well at cornerback this year, uh, playing some of his best football. So they've got a a lot of good young players, and and I do. So much of it's going to depend on Darnold and how he progresses at quarterback. I mean, as you know, that's the big thing in the league. So as as long as the quarterback's trending in the right direction, they're going to feel pretty good about the way they're heading right now. And there he is, the old guy, Darren Gant. Thank you so much. Should be a game. Well, it's a game the Eagles. We got to win this one on Sunday. Thanks so much for joining me. Happy, happy to help, Dave. See you on Sunday. I'll buy you a free donut in the press box. Sounds good to me. Thanks, Darren. All right, Darren, thanks so much. We're going to be back with more later in the week as we give you a feel for what's happening here at the NovaCare Complex in South Philadelphia. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining me on this Eagles Insider podcast. Presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Julie McLaughlin, Ray Doyle for putting this together. Thanks to all of you for joining each and every episode. If you can give us a five-star review or any review at all, we'd appreciate that. A link is available in the details section of your podcast library. We'll be back later in the week with more. It's the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!